Good morning. It's good to be together. We're so glad that you're here joining us online today. I want to begin by acknowledging and celebrating the place of mothers in our lives. I want to pray for mothers, and I've got a written prayer that I'm going to pray now. Lord, we give thanks today for mothers. Thank you for the mothers who gave birth to us and the women who have treated us as their own children. We pray today for all mothers, today for joy. For those whose mothers are no longer here, comfort. For those who long to be but are not yet mothers, hope. Fruitfulness. For single mothers, strength. For those who are lonely, family. We speak grace today for those who longed for children but who have never held their own child. For those who have lost children. For the mothers of children gone astray. For mothers who find mothering hard. May the embrace of grace displace shame. For mothers in prison. For those who don't know where their children are. For those who have miscarried or had an abortion, or given up their children for adoption. We pray for those whose mothers have disappointed them. We ask for grace where there is pain and bitterness, for healing in relationships where there has been abuse and violence. May this church be a place where people can feel mothered, their gifts and talents appreciated and nurtured. Finally, we pray today for mothers around the world, mothers who do not have means to feed their children, mothers who are homeless or without a homeland, mothers who must teach their children about the dangers of bombs and bullets. Help us, Lord, to create a world where mothers can raise their children in peace and in plenty. God of mothers, the one who created mothers, who came as a child and had a mother. God our Father, God our Mother, living and loving us with a sweeter and deeper love than we have ever known. Hear our prayer this day. Amen. Mothers, we appreciate you. Thank you for who you are and for what you bring. We appreciate you. One announcement for you. As a church, a priority that we are determined to give attention to always, but especially this year, has been discipleship. We want to help people grow in their faith. And we recognize that discipleship begins with us. We have a responsibility as people who are working out what it means to love and follow Jesus. So we want to give attention to discipleship. The current restrictions that we find ourselves in do not make it easy, but they don't make it impossible. So one way that we can help each other in growing in our faith as disciples of Jesus is by studying and reading and listening and learning together. So we've created a framework where we can do this electronically online. And we're going to begin by using this framework by reading through a book about prayer. This prayer is always a good idea, but this is especially a good time to seek God and to listen. And prayer is the way we do that. 
There's a book that I want to recommend to you. It's a really easy book to read. It's called How to Pray. There's a link for the book that's going to appear uh, around this time or on the social media feeds. It's a book called How to Pray a Simple Guide for Normal People. It's a book that works for someone who's new to the Christian faith or someone who's been following Jesus for a long time. What I want to encourage you to do is buy the book, order the book, and join a Facebook page that we've put together called Discipleship in Motion. The link is going to appear somewhere around here in the feed below me as well. Um, join the group. We're not going to set up scheduled meetings or Zoom appointments. There's plenty of that already happening. What we're going to use the page for is over the course of six weeks, beginning May the 18th, we're going to read through some chapters together and there's going to be conversations on the page, asking questions. What are we learning? What did you notice? Um, it's going to be fairly light touch, easy and accessible for everyone. Please join the page. Please order the book. Be part of the conversation. It would be good to do this together and to learn about prayer together. And now, we're going to start something different over the next few weeks. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the subject, and more than the subject, we're going to look at the person of the Holy Spirit. This is crucial. This is not one of these subjects that's optional. This is something that's essential. And this in itself isn't a subject. This is a person. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking, listening, and learning together around the person that is the Holy Spirit. And I want to introduce that today. This is going to be week one of four weeks. Next week, we're going to have a guest speaker. Uh, this week, I'm going to begin with the subject of who is the Holy Spirit, introducing the Holy Spirit. Let me begin with a story. When it comes to introductions, introductions are one of those kind of social moments where you say, if you know someone and they're meeting someone they don't know, you say, hi, this is John, let me introduce you to rocks or something along that line. Obviously, those two know each other. Now, when I came to this church 18 months ago, I met a lot of people. And somebody said to me a few months in, Adam, you're really good at remembering names. And I need to tell you, I'm not very good at remembering names. And because I'm not very good at remembering names, and I know that, I try and give attention to the things that I'm not very good at, to see if I can do better at it, because I know it's important. When it comes to introductions, knowing someone and knowing their name is important. It values the other person. I'm not perfect at this. Therefore, I'm going to let you in on my secret. On my phone app, I have many notes, and I have lists. And I write lists of names of people that I've met. I have a list of people that I've met at church. I have a list of people that I've met at the gym. I have a list of people that I've met in other places. And I write something next to the name that will help me remember that person. Now, this list is a private list. Um, and it's something that I use. And sometimes I'll read through it to try and remember. Now, let me begin by making this comment. I haven't met everybody. We're a church of just over 200 people. And I don't remember everyone's names, but I try. I know it's important. Here are some real examples 
And if we were meeting in person, they probably would be in the room. I'm guessing they may be watching. These are some people that I met, and these are the notes that I wrote next to their name. Uh, Bruce and Charlene. I wrote, these people sit behind me in the second of front row, and Bruce has this great voice where if I was ever needing someone to read me a story because I couldn't sleep at night, a bedtime story, Bruce would be the person. He's got a great voice. Uh, the next person's name on my list, Skip. And I wrote, really tall, firm handshake, good solid handshake. Uh, another example, Margot and Ron. And next to their names, it says Margot, very friendly, very warm and bub bubbly. Uh, and Ron, it says, nice guy, likes German cars. I like German cars. And I see Ronnie's wearing a VW T-shirt. And I use this as an example. I'm sharing a secret. But this example has a point. Often we know somebody because of something about them, who they are or their characteristic or their taste or the way they make us feel or what they look like or what kind of car they like. I want to introduce the Holy Spirit, not just as this abstract idea or force or even some of the gifts that we often consider when we think of the Holy Spirit. I want to introduce the Holy Spirit as a person. I want to say to you, whoever you are, I want to introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm going to be doing today, week one. Now, why is this important? Because the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. The Holy Spirit is with us in this present moment. And the Holy Spirit leads us into the future. I want to give you some examples. I'm going to go through various Bible passages. If you've got your Bible, I'm going to give the references and I'll encourage you to look at them later. There's some short ones. But I want to give a bigger picture into the introduction of the person of the Holy Spirit. I made the comment that the Holy Spirit was present in the beginning. The Bible begins in Genesis 1, and in Genesis 1 verse 2 we read, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In Genesis 1 where it talks about the Spirit of God, it's talking about the Holy Spirit is present and hovering over the waters, waiting to give life and birth creativity into the story that is the beginning of all things. The beginning of Jesus in Luke 1. In the New Testament, we read this. The angel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit was present in the beginning of the birth of Jesus. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28, the beginning of the church, Jesus said this to his disciples, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was and is at the beginning of all things, the beginning of the world, the beginning of the life of Jesus and the beginning of the church. The Holy Spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is the third person of God. Now, I don't explain that to suggest that there are multiple gods. There's one God, but there's God the Father. 
God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Sometimes without description, it's hard to, to know somebody. And I made the comment about the examples of how sometimes I remember certain people. There's a great analogy which uh, is comical but quite telling in how we sometimes come to the conclusions of, of, of meeting someone or the assumptions we make. And this is interesting, not least in the diversity of the media and news and the many voices that would give you a particular opinion. Uh, the analogy goes that there are a group of people who are blindfolded and introduced to an elephant, and the elephant's standing perfectly still. And the people are blindfolded, and they're asked to touch the elephant and then say what it is that they're touching. In the analogy, it goes something like this. The first person is blindfolded, and they, they touch the trunk, the front of the elephant, and they say, oh, I think it's a snake. The next person is blindfolded, and he touches the leg, and it's firm, and it's solid, and it's round, and he feels it, and he says, oh, no, it's a tree. The next person is blindfolded, and they touch the, the ears, and they feel this big flappy ear, and they say, I think it's a fan. The next person touches the side of the elephant that's not moving, and it's big, and it's rigid, and say, so it feels like a wall. And then the last person who's blindfolded touches the tail and says, oh, I think it's a snake. And sometimes people speak with absolute certainty when realistically they've just seen something or come to some conclusion based on some knowledge. Sometimes our understanding or the descriptions we've used of the Holy Spirit can be like the elephant analogy. And that we've had an experience or we've seen something or we've heard something and we said, oh, the Holy Spirit is that. I don't know what your experience of the Holy Spirit is, but I want to say that the Holy Spirit is beyond our understanding and expectation. But yet the person of the Holy Spirit invites us into a relationship and says, I want you to explore me. I want you to get to know me. I want to be present in your life. I don't want you to come to a conclusion and box me in and say, oh, the Holy Spirit's that. The Holy Spirit invites us into a relationship, and that relationship changes our experience, our understanding of Scripture, our understanding of who Jesus is. I want to explain a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. The word used for the Holy Spirit in the New Testament and the Old Testament is pneuma and ruach. And these words that are Greek word and a Hebrew word, uh, talk about this, this wind, this breathe, this breath that, that brings life. And the wind sometimes is big and is like the wind in a, in a, in a storm is, is obvious and it's very, very evident. And in the New Testament, it talks about the day of Pentecost where there was this day where the Holy Spirit came in force and it's described as a powerful, mighty, rushing wind. And there's another moment in the New Testament when Jesus is raised from the dead and he meets his disciples and he breathes on them. And the idea of someone breathing on someone uh, is gentle. But as he breathes on them, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is described as, as a breath that brings life and, and as a wind. Whilst sometimes it's hard to understand that, how can that be a person? I quite like 
this truth. I quite like this idea. I was walking this morning and I was praying and, and Jesus taught us to pray to the Father. But that doesn't mean to say that we can't speak to the Holy Spirit or speak to Jesus. We can and, and, and we should. And as I was praying, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I want to explain you. I want to introduce you to people. Behind where we live, there's a lake, and I was walking around the lake, and I felt this breeze. And I like the idea that the wind, the breath, the breeze is a symbol of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. The reason I like that is because it's always there. And sometimes the wind is blatant, and it's a strong force. And sometimes if you ever try to open a car door in a wind, sometimes it's hard. And there's other times where the wind is so subtle that you almost... Don't notice it. But may I tell you, it's always there. And the Holy Spirit is like that. And the Holy Spirit wants to be known. The Holy Spirit wants to help us. The Holy Spirit wants to be invited into our daily lives. Jesus described the Holy Spirit in this way. He used the word helper. He used the word comforter. He used the word counselor. And he used the word advocate to advocate for you. These words, these terms are very personal. These, are, these aren't abstract. This isn't a breath or a wind. This is a person. This is a friend. This is a supporter. Jesus said this in John 14. He said, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, will advocate on your behalf, will speak for you, will support you, will encourage you, will motivate you, will cheer you on. Who doesn't need that? I need that. The Holy Spirit is sent in the Father's name. The Holy Spirit isn't some weird force, but is a person who was there at the beginning and is sent in the Father's name. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of what I've said. It's possible to read the Bible as just a dry text. And some people do that, and for them, reading the Bible is hard work. They don't get much out of it. I was encouraged this week by someone who said when they read the Bible, they stop, they pause, and they pray, Holy Spirit, help me to encounter you. Help me to encounter God the Father. Help me to encounter God the Son, the person of Jesus. As I read this, will you breathe fresh life on this? What a great way to approach Scripture. It feels fitting, and it feels, it feels like it sounds like Jesus in John 14, where he says, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I've said. We'll bring it to life. We'll make it more than just the text, but we'll make it go down into your heart. That's what really changes us. So how do you know the person of the Holy Spirit? My answer to that question feels a fitting answer in the context of if you were getting to know anybody, you get to know someone by spending time with them and by having experiences with them. And we do that in the way we pray. We do that in the way we worship. 
we say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I said I went for a walk this morning and I was praying to God and I was talking to the Holy Spirit for wisdom, for, for assistance, help me, counsel me, guide me. Jesus taught us to pray to the Father, but he encouraged us to speak to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is personal and is present. And in a relationship, there's speaking and there's listening. For us, we have heard the person of the Holy Spirit speak clearly. For us, this move, we've been here nearly 18 months. We made a big step. We took a big risk. And we did that largely because we sensed and we heard the person of the Holy Spirit speaking. And when someone speaks, you can ignore them or you can listen and obey. And for us, we listened and we're working out what it means to obey the Holy Spirit in the big decisions and in the small decisions. And it begins by saying, speak, I want to hear you. I want to be attentive. And I want to be in tune with the direction that this wind, this breath of life is blowing. So if you don't know what it's like to know the person of the Holy Spirit, it begins by listening, by praying, by being obedient and by flowing with that. I made the big statement at the beginning that the Holy Spirit is not only available for all, but essential for all. I don't know where you are on your faith journey, but may I encourage you, don't try and follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It's possible to have a dry religion. Uh, that's not what Jesus was inviting us into. He's inviting us into an adventure and a movement, and it's a relationship, and it's the Holy Spirit that often brings that to life, as the John 14 passage says teaches you everything that Jesus said in a way that brings it into life. My final comment to you is the Holy Spirit is a gift sent by the Father, but given by Jesus. In John 16, Jesus said this, Very truly, I tell you, which is a classical way of saying, I want you to listen to this. What I'm about to say is very important. Make sure you're paying attention. Very truly, I tell you, it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. If I was one of the disciples with Jesus at that moment, I wouldn't want him to go. But Jesus valued the person of the Holy Spirit so much that he says, it's actually better that I go because if I go, the Holy Spirit will come and he will be with you. Now, for Jesus to say this, it's pretty strong. And therefore, it feels fitting for me as a challenge to say, you need the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And may I encourage you not to know just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but to know the gift giver himself. And as a church, may I make this statement clear. We need the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do church without the Holy Spirit. It's a ridiculous idea. It's a dry, dull 
boring idea. And it's in conflict with Jesus saying, it is good for you to go because I am going to send the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever seen a child receive a gift at Christmas time, there is always enthusiasm. Um, they don't struggle. Sometimes as adults, we, we become slightly awkward receiving gifts, but kids are great at it. They receive the gift and say, yes, give it to me. Jesus offers us a gift. And he says, it's good that I go away because I want to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So may I encourage you, and, and this comes with a challenge, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what your experience is when we do these services to a camera. We don't know who's watching. We don't know where it goes, which is kind of exciting. I want to encourage you with this challenge to experience the Holy Spirit. You must not ignore the Holy Spirit. I made the comment that the Holy Spirit speaks and therefore we should listen. Sadly, it's possible in life to hear, but then to ignore. May I encourage you not to ignore the person of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Do not ignore the Holy Spirit, but welcome the gift that is the Holy Spirit. Don't refuse a gift and don't try and do life or to do faith without the Holy Spirit. We need and we welcome the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. I'm going to pray now. And when we do this in the online service format, often I pray and we put the words on the screen and we'll do that again. But I want to encourage you in your homes. I want to encourage you not knowing your experience so far. I want to encourage you to, to be open. If it helps, open your hands, close your eyes. It's a posture where we say, I want to receive. If you've had an experience of the Holy Spirit that's been, oh, it's this and it's not this, may I encourage you to broaden your expectation. The elephant analogy. Sometimes we're convinced it's this. The Holy Spirit is beyond our understanding, but yet welcomes us into a relationship. Be open. Be receptive and be welcoming. So, Father, may we welcome the Holy Spirit, the gift that you sent, which Jesus said is so valuable that it's even better than me staying and being present. Lord, may we receive the gift that is the person of the Holy Spirit. May we know the Holy Spirit and may we walk closely with the Holy Spirit in these days. I pray this in your name. Amen.